Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia. Well, good afternoon, and welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm so thankful that you joined me today. And I want to encourage you, if you didn't hear last week's show, to um, go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. And here, the guest I'm having today, Dr. Gudge, will talk about his first book, which was called Before You Live Together. And that was a great show that that I know blessed so many people. And so I want to encourage you, if you haven't heard that one, to go to the website and listen to that. Today I have him again, and I'm excited about that. And this second book he did, this is called Just One More Thing, and it's Before You Leave Home. And this was written, I think this was inspired um, as a way to help his children. He and his wife wrote this together, his wife Bernice. So Dave, I'm so glad you're here again. So before we start, could you just maybe introduce yourself again, give the, the listeners an idea of who you are? And I'm so thankful that I met you here in Phoenix, and now you live in California. Well, thank you. Yes, I'm a pastor at a church now in California called Bridges Community Church in Los Altos, California. So it's in the Bay Area. Uh, we've been here for four years. We came from Phoenix, where we were for seven years as the lead pastor at Bethany Bible Church, and before that in Southern California. So I've been involved in uh, pastoral ministry now for over 30 years, and also writing books, um, written four books on different subjects, and this latest one uh, was one that addressed a lot of topics that we uh, thought about together as a family. So this one wasn't really your second one. This was your third, I think. It's actually my fourth. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we haven't even talked about one of them. It was called Owner's Guide to Using Your Bible, and it's just to help uh, people learn how to use the Bible in a way that they can master. And so uh, that was fun. Oh, uh, wonderful. This, this the fourth book, uh, Just One More Thing Before You Leave Home, uh, just came out this last year, just at the end of the year. So tell the listeners a little more um, about that. I gave them a little teaser, so tell them a little bit more what it is. Well, for uh, when, when our kids were at home, we had three children, two boys and a girl. And what, before my oldest uh, was, uh, you know, maybe a junior, somewhere around there, I started thinking about how pretty soon he was going to be gone, he was going to be out on his own, and that became an emotional, you know, meltdown kind of experience for me. But... I started thinking, you know, have I really done what I need to do as a parent to help him live life on his own? And, of course, every parent wants to do the best that you can. And I began to think about topics that it would be good to sort of check in on. And so I put a binder together of different topics and asked Brent if he would like to have breakfast on a regular basis. And we could just talk about some topics that we're gonna be, uh, he was going to face once he got out and started living life on his own. And he said, yeah, you know, I mean, it's nothing else for the breakfast. And so we went out, we had breakfast every couple of weeks, and I just introduced a topic to him. And we did that for about a year. And as a result of that, um, there were friends that were getting
getting the information from me to share with their kids, and they kept uh, encouraging me to put it into a, a book. And so Bernice and I finally, after 10 years, put it into a book. And so it included topics that we thought about with our first son. We did the same thing with our second son and then also with our daughter. Wow, that's amazing. I'm, I'm sitting here in the studio looking at my producer, Chris. I'm going to tell Chris he needs to get the book. He just had a baby who is a <laughs> darling little boy, right? Uh, He's oh, shaking his great. head. I'm telling him this would be a good time to read the book. <laughs> yeah, it's nice and early. Exactly. Yeah, why exactly. not start early? Exactly. <laughs> so, well, that's, that's very fascinating. Now, I do want to jump in kind of quickly to one kind of deep question that I have because I love the way this book sounds. But I do know that there are a lot of parents that may be having, you know, facing some of this and their kids are 17, 18, 19, and maybe they don't have the kind of relationship that you sound like you had with your kids where you meet regularly and talk about things. And so how might they introduce this if they maybe haven't had quite that, t- that type of relationship? Yeah, well, whatever they can do to build this relationship and the last, uh, you know, time, the last moments that they have, hours, weeks, uh, I would just, as you would, recommend that they focus on that as much as they possibly can because ultimately it's going to be about the relationship. If they have a relationship after the son or daughter leaves home, it's going to be connected to the quality of relationship they have now. So, hey, if nothing else, if, if you can't even start with the book, I would just say start with, breakfast or something that's non-threatening, coffee, anything. But just to build the relationship and don't even introduce the book, just introduce the relationship and then go from there. But if you have any kind of a relationship, I I would come to my children in a humble way and just say, hey, you know, I wanted to be the best dad or mom that I could be. And uh, I feel in some ways like some good things have happened, and in other ways, I wish I could have done better. And maybe we could just, uh, this last you know, amount of time that you're in the home, just share together over some topics that I know you're going to be faced with as you go off to college. And I came across a book that I think might be helpful. Would you like to read it? And uh, if you'd like to talk about some of it, we can do that. I think that's great. I think it's really important that, that parents really don't ever think that it's too late. You know, I'm always, even when I talk to uh, people that are 65, many times I talk to, you know, retired people, 65 and over, you know, 70s, and I say to them, you know, your children are still watching you. It doesn't matter if you're 60, 70, 80 years old, they're watching how you do that part of your life. You're still trailblazing for your kids. So even though you may not be, quote unquote, hands-on parenting, you still are role modeling. And so even if, you know, parents don't feel like they have any voice in their kids' lives, what they do have that they don't understand is that their kids still want to be loved. No matter how fractured the relationship is, they still want a connection with a parent. And even if the parent says, you know, I ran across this, across this book, and I have to tell you it was painful for me to read because it helped me to see that maybe I haven't done nearly what I needed to have done, but I don't want to lose any more time. So I really, if I haven't done the first 18 years, I want to help you do the rest of your life as good as you possibly can do it. And, and I, even I like they that. introduced the book. Yeah, I like that. And you don't have to be, so to speak, the authority, you know. Right. And I think sometimes we feel like we just got to take on this authority role. 
Uh, and I'm not in any way su- suggesting that you acquiesce from the parenting responsibilities you have. All I'm suggesting is you don't have to sit down and say, now you sit there and listen to me. I'm going to lecture you. Right. These conversations that I had with my son weren't lectures. They would have never worked, <laughs> you know. I've been wanting to unload on you, that kind of thing. It was more just a couple of questions. And so I think that the asking of questions but also having a topic to talk about And for some of us, we're not even sure what topics to talk about. That's why this book can be so helpful. But then having some perspective that could be uh, talked about as well could help you. See, I think that's really, really what's so important, because especially with young people, it really is hard to enter into their world and talk about something that's relevant. And so I think if you bring these topics to the table, and even if the, the parent can say, you know, this helped me to read this, and even if we don't do all of it or finish it by the time you leave, we can be talking about this early into your 20s as they are putting right. their life together. So it isn't like it has to be all done in four months. You know, No, this- it doesn't have to be. Hopefully it's just a start, and it's just a way to pave the way for a better uh, experience outside the home. Things can be rocky. So, you know, anything you can do to help, I think that would be great. I think that's important. It is a very different culture now that we have as children are leaving home and some aren't leaving ever. And so we we do have this this strange phenomenon where we're having a hard time launching children. We're having a hard time if they're either leaving prematurely and unprepared or they're leaving unprepared and then coming back, you know, or they're they're not leaving. And so I think that, that this type of information is really helpful for families. Well, yeah, and especially if I just take, and I hate to jump into this one first, but if you just take the three chapters that we do, devote to matters of sex, uh, the, the book is divided into ten sections. Each section has three chapters. So just one more thing turned out uh, to be 30 just one more thing. Wow. You know? <laughs> so uh, that's kind of the fun of it. But the uh, just the chapters related to sex are, are matters that our kids are going to face. Uh, one, it focuses on the problem of hooking up. Yes. And that's rampant on college campuses or wherever you go. And, or abstinence, that question, is that just something old-fashioned and out of date? And then the third one is on pornography. So, I mean, there are topics that need to be talked about, but, you know, we got to find a platform or something that can help us get into a conversation about these matters. Oh, I think that's very helpful because, you know, it makes it difficult to talk about, you know, relevant topics in a way that can be educational and encouraging and not oppressive or sounding controlling or condemning. Mm. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And so... To not be a person sitting in a seat of judgment over, but a fellow pilgrim, a fellow struggler, one who's been there, and, you know, one who's made mistakes, uh, and to be able to, to honestly come to your son or daughter and say, let's learn together so that you can do better, if that's what's needed. You know, the whole book of Ecclesiastes is a book of regrets, and if somebody like Solomon went on record, well, certainly uh, we are able to learn from what he, lear- what he learned. And if we can help our children learn from what we're learning or what we've come through, all the better, so that they don't have to go through and make the same mistakes. 
I agree. I'm, you know, I'm going to pick that up when we come back in this next segment, because one of the questions I get many times from parents is, you know, do I tell them the mistakes that I made? Or if they ask me, you know, did you did you smoke pot or did you have sex before you were married? Do you, you know, what do you do? How do you right. tell them? Do you tell them the truth? So I really do want to address that because I think that's really important because teenagers especially can really ask very pointed questions. Yes, they can. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and so, well, this is Cynthia Hyde with Conversations with Cynthia. And we are kind of winding down this first segment. This is with Dr. Dave Gudgel. This is just one more thing before you leave home, his um, fourth book. And I want to encourage you to join with us again as we finish this up for the next 45 minutes. Welcome back. This is uh, Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And I have Dr. Dave Gudgel again with me for the second week, which I'm so excited about. And he's talking about another book that he wrote, which is called Just One More Thing. And this is Before You Leave Home. So before we jump into this, I want to encourage you to visit me at my website at CynthiaHyatt.com, where you can find all the podcasts. And so if you didn't hear Dr. Gudgel last week when we talked about Before You Live Together, that will be on the website um, and so, Dave, I have you here, and please tell the listeners how they can get a hold of you and get some of this literature. Sure, Cynthia. You can just go to our website, David Gudgel, G-U-D-G-E-L, davidgudgel.com, or you can find it at davidandbernice.com. If you don't want to try to spell the last name, <laughs> davidandbernice.com, and it'll get you to the same website. You'll find a little bit more out there about us. Uh, there are some blogs there. If you want to receive our blogs, you can sign up for that. You can check out the books that I've written. They have links there to Amazon and other uh, bookstores. So whatever uh, you want, uh, hopefully that can help you. Thank you. Well, we, were, we kind of finished up that last segment uh, talking about how to talk to your kids. And the book that, that we're talking about today, it has 30 chapters and one of the things that you were talking about is it has three just on sex. And as we are preparing young adults to leave home and how they are handling sex, and, and what I left off with was I oftentimes have parents say to me, you know, so how do, I, how do I tell my kids, you know, if they ask me if I had sex or if I did drugs or these kinds of things, because I don't want to lie to them. And so one of the things I say to parents is the easiest way to answer this question is you say to your children, first of all, this is what I'm telling you is the healthiest, most successful way to live as I have figured out as an adult. I have made mistakes as a kid, and I'm not going to tell you what those mistakes are. I'm not going to tell you whether I did have sex or whether I didn't have sex. I'm not going to tell you whether I did smoke pot or didn't smoke pot. Because if I tell you I did, I subconsciously, inadvertently, covertly give you permission to do it and try it out yourself and figure it out for yourself. If I tell you I didn't, and you slip, then you're going to feel worried to talk to me about it. So I'm going to leave that completely blank because you need to figure out your way. And I'm telling you, as an adult that has been there and has seen many of my friends fail over the years, many of them fall, this is the way to do it. This is wisdom. And so that helps to avoid having to covertly give permission 
And at the same time, it helps to make sure that if they do fail, they can talk to you about it because maybe you did as well. Wow. That is awesome. I don't think I've ever thought of that perspective. Oh, good. I'm sitting here listening and learning from you, Cynthia, right now. Oh, I'm so glad because, you know, I really asked the Lord, I'm like, how do you do this? Because it was so uncomfortable for me when parents would say, well, yeah, I smoked pot, don't do it. Yeah. And then it was really uncomfortable when they were when we were telling parents at one point, well, just lie, don't tell them you did. And I thought, right. that doesn't feel right either. And so I thought, this way we leave a void, which forces responsibility on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell you the way that really is the right way that really does work, and I'm hoping that you do it, because you, I would hope that you were wiser than your friends, you know, but I'm, I'm not going to tell you about that part of my life. That's an interesting thing, and I'd love to hear your perspective on this. The book of Ecclesiastes is a book of regrets. Yes. And so here you have, you know, the third king. I mean, he was the wisest man at that time of all time who messed his life up major, and he ends up writing an entire book of don't do this. You know, this is what I learned from that experience. You don't have to have the same bad experience. Don't go down that road. And uh, it's discreet. You know, the book is right. discreet. It's not that he comes right out and says, and then I did, and, you know, right. he, he kind of, it's categorized, and you have it sort of broad strokes and that sort of thing. Um, but this is the same guy that started Marriage Right, with Song of Solomon, I believe, describes his first love relationship, but then ended up with 700 wives and 300 concubines. Right. So, you know, he messed up big time. Uh, and he shared that. Now, no, so you, you you bring a very good point. Yes. I'm interested to know where do you find the balance in that? Because in some ways, uh, some of what we learn can be learned from other people's bad experience. Well, I think you make a very good point. And what I tell parents about this very particular, that, that, that point exactly is King Solomon did it publicly. And so it was it was out there. Everybody knew it. So yeah. if you're a parent that has publicly done this, well, of course you're not going to deny it. You're going to say, you saw what I went through. You saw what a bonehead thing I did. You saw how stupid it was. Don't do what I did. But if you haven't done that publicly, if there isn't something out there like you have a record or something, then why would you introduce new information when you can say, listen, we have all these people we can learn from. And I'm telling you, I use these people to learn from, and I'm glad I did. And I wish I would have learned more. That is really discreet. I really like that. And and that's why I think often when we look at the scriptures, you know, there's so much there that we can learn from, and we can learn from others' mistakes. Yes. Like you say, public mistakes. David, you know, with Bathsheba. Right. And circumstance and the others as well. So, yeah, I, I really like that perspective. Well, and and you can take it even farther, because this is what I tell clients that, that I'm working with, and, and I do see some pastors and I see some CEOs and I, I, I see some people that have public presence and they they say to me, you know, I'm so, I'm, I'm afraid. What if people find this out? And what I say to them is God is very good at covering. That's the whole pro, you know, premise of, of Noah and his sons. And, and what I say to people is, you know, if you are repentant, you are coming and you are talking, you are confessing to someone. There's no point in God exposing you when God finally has to go public on somebody it's because he has tried repeatedly to deal with them in, in a gracious manner that does not have public exposure. Not because God's afraid of publicly exposing people. He has, he's fine with his reputation. 
but because of the heartache it does for us when we have to publicly be exposed. But if that's the thing that brings us to repentance and causes us to be safer, then God will expose us. So what I say to teenagers is I say, listen, you know, it, you don't have to be exposed. If your father was exposed because he didn't listen, then learn from that. And, and so it's really helpful to understand you don't have to learn that way. You can have privacy in your learning curve if you so choose. Otherwise, we'll go public on you for the safety of you and everybody else. I really like it. And, of course, the big part of this is just be willing to learn and be willing to learn from others. Yes. From their experience, from their learnings. Uh, you know, be a person who's open and teachable. Right. And, and not, you know, understanding what our pride does. Our pride wants to tell us that we can pull it off, even if they couldn't. Yeah, well... We're constantly dealing with that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think it's called ego. It is. And I, yeah. I mean, how old do I have to get, right? <laughs> uh, that's for absolutely sure. To, just to humble ourselves and to receive that instruction. And, you know, the whole book of Proverbs, we mentioned this last week, is a book of wisdom, practical skills for living. And, you know, but it's all built on the premise of the willingness to listen to advice that's coming from somebody who knows. Yes. Well, this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, and we have Dr. Dave Gudgel, and we are coming up at the very end of this first half hour. So I want to really encourage you to join us again after the hard break here that we have, and to also visit him at his website, which is daveandbernice.com, right? Davidandbernice.com. Davidandbernice.com. Join me again for Conversations with Cynthia with Dr. Dave Gudgel. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt. And today I have a special guest, Dr. David Gudgel. He was also with me last week, and I encouraged all of you listeners to visit my website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and you can hear that podcast. He talked about his book, um, Before You Live Together. So I have him here again, and I'm going to ask him to give you guys uh, just the information about how to get in touch with him, how to find the literature that he has, and then some of what he's doing also at his church. And then I think he, you do this, Dave, also nationally as well, right? Yeah, well, we've uh, begun to, with this new book, uh, get this out to parents that live in all kinds of places and to students. So it's been fun, yeah. But uh, you can reach us through our website at davidandbernice.com or davidgudgel, G-U-D-G-E-L.com. Simplest is just davidandbernice.com. And you'll find more information there about us and some of the uh, books we've written and anything that we can do to help, contact us through the website. So you're doing this also at your church. Tell, tell us how you're implementing this at your church. Yeah, as I was writing the book, it was an interesting experience. It took about a year, year and a half. But as I was writing the book, and my wife and I actually wrote it together, I should say, um, we were giving chapters to parents in the church. They were just ready and looking for something that they could use in that last year or two that their student was at home before taking off for college or whatever. And so uh, we just tried it out with them, and, and they found it very helpful. It just opened the door for conversations, and essentially what they did was just said, hey, 
why don't you just read this chapter? And after you read it, why don't we find a time we can get together and just talk about the idea? I'd love to hear what your thinking is on the subject. And do you think that, you know, Pastor Dave is blowing smoke here or whatever <laughs> it is? And it just opened up conversations. Well, tell tell the listeners kind of the, because you said there's 30 chapters and it's broken up into three sections. Is that right? Uh, yeah, it's actually broken up into 10 sections, each section with three chapters. Okay. And uh, so you have three chapters on the subject of choices, uh, you know, just convictions, advice, matters like that. Uh, three chapters on relational intelligence, uh, such as living with a roommate. That's a whole new experience. Uh, financial uh, matters, three chapters on that, money, spending, debt. <laughs> There's a great one. Uh, one of the chapters there is titled, You Need Food But You Want Steak. And we kind of all understand that. And then there's uh, some chapters on time, uh, just matters of purpose, priorities, your plans, career. Three chapters there looking at your unique design, uh, God's guidance in your career. Uh, Three chapters on moral dilemmas like drinking, entertainment, gambling, big issues that are going to come up. Uh, Three chapters on sex, uh, hooking up, abstinence, and pornography. Three chapters on painful experiences, fear, failure, and grief, and three chapters on spiritual commitments, dependence, picking out a church, if you're plugging into a church, impact, making a difference. And then three final chapters just on practical stuff, like uh, mastering the basics around your home. Uh, What about a car? If you get a car, what do you need to know? Some safety issues. And that final one, uh, came out of my work with the parents, and they said, could you get something in there about safety? <laughs> oh, I love it, yes. And so we got something in there about safety as well. Oh, that's amazing. I, I have to get this book. I think it would be very useful for many of the parents that I have in on my caseload. So I like how you have put it together, how you set it up, and it's are the chapters maybe, they're not lengthy. It doesn't sound like oh, they would be lengthy. sure. They're very short. They're just it's something you're going to read in about 10 minutes at the most. And then at each chapter, uh, it has some think-it-over questions at the end from a real practical but also a biblical perspective. And each chapter also pretty much begins with a story. In most of the cases, it's a story about me uh, and an experience that I had. So we were talking earlier about experiences. And so... It's an opportunity to learn through an experience that I had or experience that I had with somebody else or whatever, and uh, that can be real helpful because it's entertaining as well. Oh, that's good. I like that. Well, I think this is really amazing and very timely because, you know, it used to be in our culture that there was just this natural progression that people, like the whole entire culture was kind of moving together together. And we don't have that. We have a splintering of people doing their lives at very different stages, you know, whether they're redoing their life in their 40s, they're starting again in their 40s, or whether they haven't even started until they're 30, or they are starting prematurely at 15. And so I think these this book can be used regardless of where somebody's at. And it can be also very helpful for us as adults just to maybe rethink some of the ways that we have done this. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the last segment with Dr. Dave Gudgel as we talk about his book, Just One More Thing Before You Leave Home. 
Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt, and I want to encourage you to make sure that you go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com, and you can also like me on Facebook at Cynthia Hyatt, Inc. It's INC for Incorporated for lots of devotionals and inspirationals that you get every day. Also lets you know where I'm speaking or singing at any given time. And so I'm so glad that you joined me today. And if this is, if you're just joining in, I have Dr. David Gudgel from Sunnyvale, California. He's a pastor out there at a church, Bridges Community Church. And he was here in Phoenix, Arizona. That's how I met him. He was uh, the senior pastor for Bethany Bible Church. So we are sad that you're not in Phoenix, but we are very happy for all the Californians. So Dr. Dave, thank you for being here today. And tell us again, just a little bit about this book as we go into it farther. Well, Cynthia, thank you. It's been fun to be here with you guys today and just to be talking about a subject that's timely because uh, we want to do the best that we can as parents or leaders uh, to help our children leave a positive legacy. And so uh, Bernice and I, my wife and I, uh, when our children were in home, now they're in their 20s and early 30s, they're all three married now, we wanted to do all that we could to prepare them for leaving home and the experiences that they were going to uh, come up on. And, of course, having gone down that road ourselves, um, we were drawing from our experiences as well as from the Word of God to help in that way. And so from my um, vantage point, I grew up in a home where as soon, and I mean as soon as I graduated from high school, I left home. I was anxiously looking forward to that. What I didn't realize was um, life was actually going to be challenging, you know, once I left home. I figured everything would be perfect. I wouldn't have to any longer do what my parents wanted me to do. What I didn't realize was that I was going to move into an apartment with a friend and he was going to, you know, tell me I got to vacuum and make sure not to leave any dirty dishes in the sink and all the rest of it. And so there was a whole new set of expectations, and really I didn't have any preparation in an intentional way for leaving home. I'm not in any way ragging on my parents, but uh, my parents uh, were trying to figure it out themselves, and nobody really ever sat down with them and said, you know, these are things that you need to begin to work with your children on. And uh, so I just kind of was left on my own to figure all of that out. So I guess I would say from a two perspectives uh, here, you can think about this. One is parents fear uh, for their children once they leave home. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of worries and that whole thing. We, we hope they do their best, and we want to do what we can to prepare them for the best. Children fear also. I mean, there is the uncertainty as much as you want to leave home. There is the uncertainty of what it is that you're going to face. So why not have some conversations or put some information into your son or daughter's hands that will help them uh, with what they're going to be facing? Absolutely. So tell us some, some of the chapters that you came up with and how you use those with your kids. Well, what I did was I just sat down and thought through what's it first was with my first son, Brent, and said, you know, what is it that Brent's going to be faced with? Well, for instance, choices. We start the book with choices. We're all faced with choices. Life is a matter of choices. You are what you choose to do or not. You are your convictions. And one of the short chapters, they're all very short chapters. Read them in under 10 minutes. 
but it will surface the topic. One of the chapters is on the matter of convictions and preferences. A preference is something you'll change. A conviction is something that changes you. Oh, I really like that. Say that one more time. Uh, a preference is something you change, but a conviction is something that changes you. And, uh, you know, so we think about Daniel. You remember how Daniel, he was living thousands of miles from home when he was exiled uh, during the Babylonian exile period. And you remember the stories of Daniel and the lion's den and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and all of that. And, and these guys were going to be given a certain diet. And the, the diet was evidently anathema to Daniel. It was something that he felt he would have to compromise if he was to eat the diet. But he could have eaten the diet. I mean, come on, his parents weren't watching him anymore. So it's, it's that same experience that a son or daughter will have. If they have a conviction, they won't give in to that opportunity uh, to do something which, from his perspective, was wrong. If they have a preference, well, you know, hey, I guess it's not that big of a deal anyway. And so just being able to talk about the difference between convictions and preferences and surface in that conversation or thought life that a son or daughter has, the, the matter of a conviction, what are your convictions that you're going to hold on to no matter what? I think that's excellent to really encourage parents to get their children to really um, commit to a conviction and say, you know, you need to decide, is this going to be a preference that you have, a preference to not drink, a preference to not have premarital sex, a preference, you know, to not be looking at movies or listening to music that is not the way that, you know, God would have have, uh, encouraged you to do? Or is it going to truly be a conviction that when everybody else is doing it, you're going to say no to that? And how are you going to handle saying no? Absolutely. And and it can get down to just the practical matters, too. For instance, um, I was convicted that I needed to be at a church worshiping on a regular basis. I grew up in a home where that was part of our life. But, you know, so oftentimes what happens after you leave home, uh, your church becomes Bedside Baptist or Church of the Inner Spring. <laughs> Basically, it's you in the bed. That's it, right? That's funny. And, and so if you have a conviction about this, which I did, I found another church to go to. I was living in Santa Barbara and uh, attending college there. And, you know, for me, church and the involvement with others and Bible study and serving in the church, that wasn't a preference. That was a conviction. Sunday, taking the day off was a conviction for me, too. Now, this is an interesting thing. I can't remember in college, this is amazing, uh, doing homework on a Sunday. That is amazing. Yeah, it is that's crazy, like a t- That's it? like a tie. It's like testing God. <laughs> it was really <laughs> crazy. And, and you have to understand, I wasn't like the perfect student or something. I had to go to a city college for two years because my GPA was so low. Oh, good. Thank school. you. I'm so glad. I'm a, just like that. That's good to hear. I had to get it together, and I finally got it together in those first two years. And then I went off to uh, Westmont College in Santa Barbara for my last two years of college. And my first two classes, uh, well, the first two tests I took, I got an F and a D. And so I'm thinking, I'm going to flunk out of here. I thought I knew how to study, and I had to learn how to study. I ended up in the dean's office. He taught me how to organize my time. 
and I organized my time in such a way that on Sundays I was not doing homework, but I was just enjoying the Lord's Day and having fun, building relationships. And well, all especially of that. in Santa Barbara. Yeah. Wow. That's right. That's part of it. You're, yes. You've got the idea, Cynthia. <laughs> <laughs> and so the the point of this is is that you know. The time to begin preparing for that and to talk about those kinds of issues, whether they be convictions, preferences, commitments, is before you leave home. Let's have conversations about that and think about it together. So that's the kind of thing I try to do in a real practical way in this book. Well, what's your, what was your favorite chapter or your favorite section that you, or, or maybe I should say what was the most challenging section you wrote? Oh, boy. I would say the most challenging is probably the painful experiences because, you know, we're all going to have pain in our life, and often through pain, our lives are are changed in significant ways, and bad stuff is going to happen when you're away. And, you know, you can either uh, walk away from God or you can walk to God when those bad things happen, and it can pull you apart or you can pull together with others. And so I think it's just really important to think about, you know, how are you going to get through the painful experiences? How are you going to get through grief? There will be troubles. There will be troubles. You know, that's interesting because I do a whole um, video series. And one of the, the last one is, because I do this video series on basic core truths, and I say, you know, the third core truth, basic core truth that I have learned through all of my, my life, but through all the years that I've been a therapist for, you know, 23 years now. Oh, it, I know, it's amazing. Wow. I, I can't, it's staggering. It's is, amazing. You're still walking. I, <laughs> fabulous. I, thank you. And so, well, this is what I tell clients. I say, you know, God knew that I needed therapy, you know, eight hours a day, <laughs> every day. And so he said, there's not enough money for that. So we'll just have her. <laughs> Do that for a living, yes, so that every day, because it is, you know, as a pastor, every day you are faced with, am I living what I'm teaching? And so it's a very different process. But I say to clients, you know, you can either have pain in vain or pain for gain, but you can never have no pain. And so pain in vain, you know, just means I survive it and I'm weaker because of it and have more issues as a result. Or I have pain for gain, which means that, whether that pain was growing pain or whether it was pain from a mistake, you know, I'm either a person that has depth, I'm more substantive as a person, I'm wiser, you know, but I can't choose to not have pain. And so, you know, I, I say to them, if there's anything good in a person, pain will find it out. Wow. Well, see, that insight, I'm taking notes right now, <laughs> Cynthia. That insight is fantastic, and, and that's the kind of thing that we're trying to bring out in this book, is that, you know, for a son or daughter to, to glean that kind of insight, whether it's from, um, you know, your conversation right. it comes up or it's from something that, like a book that surfaces the idea, but at least you're talking about it and you're learning together. Well, and I think that's what's so powerful is that, you know, God helped you put this whole entire book together for you, for your kids, for all these other people that, you know, I I know for myself, I enjoy reading other people's things. I mean, like yours, because it helps me to think in a different way. It gives me um, some structure that I might not have been able to put in place for myself. And so I like this book because it's, it's structured, but it still leaves a lot of open-endedness for discussion. You know, the think about this questions that you have, right? Yeah. We don't want to preach. We're not preaching in the book. Yes. We're, we're trying to use a story to surface the concept and give some uh, 
things, some matters to consider, and then ask some questions. And so basically it's surfacing this for the person to think through the, those matters for the son or daughter, but also to make it possible for that to be discussed. And it could be discussed with a parent. It could be discussed with friends. Some friends are getting together talking about this. This could be something that could be used in youth groups. There are a variety of ways it could be used. I, I think it's amazing because, you know, what we also know is that each person, you know, when you're dealing with a kid, I mean, I can use this in, in counseling because I have a lot of young adults that I do a lot of reparenting for. And so it, it really is understanding that each person may not need every section. Like there may be one that is more, you know, applicable for them or maybe a weaker area for yeah. them. And it's really being able to hone in on that character development, spiritual formation, so that we really send people out into the world as, as a beacon of light, as salt in light, not to be just chewed up, eaten alive, and then hope that we repair them. So Proverbs 22.6, train up a child yes. in the way he should go. So, you know, here it is, and it's training. It is. Well, you know, I am so sad because I only have one more minute, and this has just been a great hour, and I really, really appreciate you being on the air today. And so, so, so Dr. Gudgel, what would you like to leave the listeners with in the last 30 seconds? Well, I would just say take the opportunity that you have right now to make a difference in a significant way in the life of your son or daughter. Continue to build the relationship and pour into their life something it's going to make a difference and will reap fruit down the road. So I just encourage you to keep doing what it is you know the Lord wants you to do. And it's never too late to start. It's not. So give us the information to get a hold of you again. Uh, DavidandBernice.com, simplest way, DavidandBernice.com, and you'll find out more about us and uh, some of the books that we've written there. Great. Well, thank you, listeners, for joining me today. Join me again next week. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And visit me always on my website, CynthiaHyatt.com. And have a great week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during this show are given as a way to teach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate or spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay at any time at FaithTalk1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ.